Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. With your hosts, Klaus Nightbringer, Fair Kimono, Chili, and Luna Vox. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 87. How's everybody doing tonight? I don't have a headache anymore, so that's nice. That's a good thing. I have a cold. That's not as good, but could also be worse. It could be worse. I could have man flu. That would be bad. Flu's <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It was the most interesting thing. I was uh, reading about this on like forums where people who are like transgender and are starting to go through the hormones uh, replacements... They mentioned that, like, if they were transitioning to male from female, they started actually getting man flu. Well, they're like, oh my god, why, is, why are colds hitting me so hard now? So there might actually be a biological basis for this. Uh, do you want to know, in England, if you have some cold medicine that just, it's branded man flu cure. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. That's uh, brilliant. All yeah. right. <laughs> So what's everybody been up to the past two weeks? Um, I got my uh, Orban Monastery clear and oh, nice. squeed for pretty much the entire time. So you, you, you liked it, huh? Oh my god, so many feels, so many feels. And we will be talking about those feels later on in the show, because just as a heads up for everybody, this is a patch 4.5 spoiler cast. So if you have not finished everything and don't want to be spoiled, what the hell are you doing listening to this? Also, why haven't you finished it? It was pretty short. Yeah. yeah. It took like 10 minutes. No, it took longer than that, not but that it was still fast. good. 15. 17. I will go with 17. <laughs> I mean, if you paid attention to the story, 20. But, well, it only took you 17 because you skipped the cutscenes, you evil cutscene skipper. Hey, I don't skip cutscenes in main story. I only skip cutscenes in 24-man raids when I have no idea who they are. But who are they? Go back and play Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> or at least 12. I've tried. I bought 12 three times and I've never been able to beat it because I just get bored halfway through it. Then you're not doing it right. Uh, uh... Anyway, I'm sorry. That's just me. What else have you well, been up to, Sarah? I good game. Um, let's see. I applied to be on the library planning commission for my town, so that's Ooh. fun. Ooh. Uh. Anything else like in game? Oh, um. My inventory is slightly more organized, then it got less organized. When did I, I get that? Yeah, I have an axolotl F, and I don't even know when I got that. When did that happen? Probably from a retainer. Right, just I don't remember that. Like Kane says, two words, plausible deniability. Hang on, hang on. All right, so now you used it. I might as well, right? There you go. How about you, Chili? What have you been up to last two weeks? Well, I can't remember how far I was last time I was here, but we got past the first part of A12S. Ooh, um, I think you mentioned that. Um, so we're learning the final Omega now. 
which doesn't actually take that hard, but of course we've got to learn it. So, final Omega seems redundant. Yeah, I mean, like Omega already means the end, so like final <laughs> Omega. <laughs> it's the most well, you know, that's that's what people call it. Well, it's Omega's like... final form. But is it really his final form? Is it really? Probably not. Probably not. Not until we get Omega Ultimate. Or whatever it's going to be called. <laughs> oh, jeez. I wonder if they're going to do that as an ultimate fight. Give it another two expansions. So, yes. <laughs> I wonder what Which the next you... one would be, anyways. Alexander. Wouldn't it? Mm. Mm. It's, 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 it's just going to be Jigglybutt. Yeah, there's not going to be any changes. It's just going to be that fight, but at level 80. Yeah, but... And it's, <laughs> It's gonna be the it's gonna be this non stripped down mechanics of it. That's just, it's just gonna be the original fight, but that's it. No, no yep. changes. No changes, and you're still gonna wipe on it at, at uh, um, level eighty. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Anything else, Chili? Uh, not really, to be honest. Well, I've been playing a lot of blue, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. I don't know about you guys. Oh, yeah, I actually decided to wait on it for a bit just because I was like, I don't oh, yeah, think it's insanely crowded. Yeah, because I know... I got my blue base to 50 and learned every ability, nearly. I just made Sheevas. Oh, do you have the ones from the uh, Mass Carnival as well? Oh, no, I just need those two. Okay. Those two and Shiva. All right, I still need Shiva. I need um, Titan. And I need Missile from uh, Enkidu. Maybe it's so so good. It's it, it's a lot of fun. Um, I I found that it wasn't nearly as uh, grindy as as I thought, but it it, it almost leveled too fast. I, yeah, I got two level two blues to fifty. I am amused at the mild havoc that it played on the market board, such that they had to go change Tokubo XP. Yeah, we're going to talk about that yeah. in just a second. <laughs> but yeah, um, I got two blues to fifty because blue is so overpowered when it comes to fight and stuff. Yeah, I mean, once you get thousand needles, it's like game over. I posted a video. Uh, my level thirty, I was streaming my blue because I was leveling up in stream, mm -hmm. and I went up. Yeah, you know, I was level thirty-two. You know those level 50, 49 enemies in Corpus. Mm -hmm. I was actually killing those at level thirty-two. Yeah, I mean, it only takes uh, a couple of... Uh, um, yeah, like, it took 3,000 3, needles. I bought Acon Bomb. I'd use Acon Bomb, 1,000 needles, Acon Bomb, 1,000 needles, Acon Bomb, 1,000 needles, and then get 20,000 XP. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. So, it's okay. insane. Um, before we move on, I want to wish our uh, co-host, Chili, a happy belated birthday. He had a birthday well, this you. last week. Congratulations, you're older now. Way to not die. I'm level 32 now. Woohoo! You're, you're such a, think, uh, a, a grizzled veteran. I think yeah. you get another uh, roll action in a couple levels. Yeah, is it called backache or leg pain? Oh, no, 32 <laughs> is like, no. You, uh, you got a roll action this level and you'll get another in four. <laughs> yep, you, you learned um, tax evasion. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that one has significant downside if it fails. Yes. Yeah. You need a really high charisma stat for that to get a good roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And I also wanted to mention that I, we just created a new event for um, the upcoming um, Distant Worlds concert here in Minneapolis. Um, we are going to be hosting a pre-show meetup before the Distant World concert on uh, March 1st at the Rock Bottom Brewery in Minneapolis starting at 6 p.m. So we invite you guys to come and join us, have a few drinks, share a few laughs, and hang out with some fellow Final Fantasy fans. Um, it should be a good time, and I know it's going to be an amazing concert. So if you're in the area, oh, be right there. Do it. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's jump into that gaming community news. Uh, the last, the latest thing that was announced was the Valentine's Day event. So uh, January 31st, so just a couple days away, until February 15th. Um, this year's items include a Gigas Greatsword, uh, which is going to be a dark weapon glamour, basically. Um, Sarah, you're going to love this. A Tonberry knife. Do you know there are something like 37 recipes where you pull out the secondary tool instead of the primary? Yep. I want to use my Tonberry knife more. And you'll Well, still... <laughs> It's, it's still something you'll be able to use. Well, yes. Oh, no. That's getting glamoured immediately, and it's never coming off. Not only is it an adorable ton buddy thing, it's a proper Santoku. Yes. Like, it's a good <laughs> knife. It's the type of knife we should have had as culinarians. I have so many opinions about it's this. It's not actually a Santoku. It, is a, it not? It totally looks like it, one. It's a chef's knife. Isn't a Santoku a chef's knife? It's, yeah. It's a, we'll find out because Alice is in the chat. I, I, I thought it looked more like a, a standard uh, blade versus a Santoku. Tala says no. It says a shorter Santoku is a shorter blade. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and I'm seeing and also the curve is at the top instead of at the. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With a with a Santoku, the the curve is uh, on the top side of the blade, and the bottom is more flat. It, it actually has a more flat bottom, similar to a cleaver. So it, it's a very multi-purpose style knife. Okay. I well, have we're getting both. a proper chef's knife yeah, at any rate. I'm just nodding. I want some, but I do not have any. Until I actually have my own place, I do not want to get knives that other people would be taking care of. Somebody mark it on a calendar. Else. I actually knew something Sarah didn't. I want. <laughs> I don't claim to know everything. I claim to know everything. Don't worry, get to know. That happens like twice a year, it's fine. Yeah, so... All right. The blood must have brought it upon us. We're also going to be getting a lobster platter, a cake pairing, and a stuffed Valentine themed stuffed mammoth doll. Why, why did I put stuffed in there twice? And it, by the way, from I heard from one notice from the She Heals I Tank podcast last night. At Twitch, uh, it looks like the mammoth uh, mammoth can be dyed. Very nice. There's a little icon, which is one of the, which is rare because most plushies can't be dyed. That's true. Nice. So it's good. Oh man. Rainbow mammoth uh, uh, thing. Yeah, you can have also, all the mammoths. That, that Valentine cake pairing, the pairing is with a nice glass of wine. So you have a very pretty dessert set there. Yes. I still find it weird that you get pizza with lobster, though. They even lampshade it in the item description. <laughs> Comes complete with a heart-shaped pizza. For reasons. Because <laughs> stuff. I thought that was, you know, what was going to happen afterwards. For reasons. Oh, this and that. All right. They also. But yeah, that, 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 but no, before we go on, it's yeah. like a knife. And it, what was it? I'll love you forever and ever. Oh, man. We are so going to go Yandere with this. <laughs> <of awards. laughs> Maybe you are. 
You'll be mine forever. I, I am a little curious as to why we have these various monster things. Are we going to be helping monsters find love? I really hope so. That would be the best. Because it says not only couples can fall in love, so it could be something to do with, like... It's definitely going to be an interesting uh, quest line this year. Especially when you look at the yeah. uh, the artwork for it. Yes, That's the love, best artwork. Love and affection. It's not just for couples. Yeah. Aww. I think it's going to be monster-related. I hope we get, like, some weird pairing. Like, I want to... I want to have a Namazu date. Something. Tongue oh, buddy date, please. Yeah, that was in the Tombury. There we go. All right. Uh, I I need to find the person who does the Namazu commissions and have them draw a Namazu fight Tunberry. Yeah. berry. I I need this to be a thing. I did not realize I could need something so much. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Tonzu. Everyone's yes, yes. <laughs> What's so stab? Oh. All right, moving on. <laughs> Anyways. Moving on. Yeah, Probably for the best. Uh, the schedule of events for the Paris Fan Fest has also been announced. I'm going to go ahead and yeah. uh, link that in the Twitch chat. It will also be in the show notes for those of you listening on the podcast. Um, of note, uh, the keynote is going to be Saturday, February 2nd at 1 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, that's 10 a.m. local time if you're if you're actually attending Fan Fest. Uh, 9 a.m. Uh, no. for Chile. No, 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 oh yeah, ten, not ten for that money for me here. Yes, see, I paid attention. Um, I don't because it's France. I mean, I know. And uh, uh, producer live letter forty nine will be Sunday at one a.m. Uh, so, just wanted to get your thoughts on what you guys think is going to be revealed uh, at at those two uh, um, events. I think mm. we all know what's going to be revealed. Bunny, bunny race. Well, they no, they'd already revealed that that was. Well, no, be, they no. didn't reveal it. They, did they, they just teased it. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. teased. It was not actually revealed. I'm guessing we're going to get one of the new jobs. Probably soldier. Slash yeah, we'll get soldier. We'll get soldier, and we'll get tease for dancer. So you think the tease will be dancer? The reveal is going to be the gunblade job, which we're assuming is the soldier yeah. job. I I would I would expect them to keep one under wraps until Japan. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they're gonna you know they're gonna actually uh, announce the uh, um, Viera, but they're also going to announce the sub uh, um, the, 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 the a subspecies, and they're going to say they get fiol as well. Hmm. Similar to the way you've got like dusk white and uh, yeah. um, you know the the different types of uh, Elizin, the different types of oh Bicote. they'll go a bit into the sub races to sub -race. get the chance to fill out though yeah we're not going to get a dancer reveal we'll just get a dancer tease like they basically they'll extend the teaser trailer and there'll be someone dancing or something I with the uh, with the uh, stuff for uh, Stormblood. Did they tease a second job once they did the first one, or did they hold on? Yes. Yeah, there was a tease for a second job. Um, hmm. Maybe the expansions job to tease the second job for the next fan fest, and then they would announce it at that fan. They yeah, don't. Yeah, because remember, Yoshida wore a, just... a Spider-Man T-shirt, yeah, which was Samurai. Oh right, Sam it, was, it was just an oblique enough one that people yeah. still weren't 100 percent sure what he was even going for or, yeah. or maybe he had mentioned in a comment that his favorite movie was spider-man directed by sam raimi yeah or something like that also I, remember um 
hell, I remember um, the um, machinist tease where it was like, ah, oh, my favorite was the one with the golden gun. Oh, he was wearing yeah. a 007 shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but I do remember there was some where it was like vague enough that there, oh, there were people weren't really quite sure what it was. And I would expect that if they're going to do that, they'd at least try to keep it really really vague because they do want to have some kind of stalking reveal for the uh, last they don't yeah, want like all the stuff to be known by that point you don't think the they weren't vague with Gunblade this time so that's why I'm, I'm surprised I'll be surprised if it's not vague well, you don't think it's going to be sh- it was literally it was literally fancreed with a gun yeah. sword so. no I mean it, it snuck by really fast though the, the, yeah. if, you, if, he, if he didn't mention it you wouldn't have gone back to look at it yeah yeah a few people did catch it on the first tries like, like I wait, what but I when I saw it, I totally thought that it was the machinist weapon, uh, Blue Steel, uh, which is the level 41 one that you get at uh, Stone Vigil. Not this a leveled up version of Magnum. Why... Yeah, like, obvious chance for a Zoolander reference. Koji, get on that. <laughs> Though I'm calling it now that the Kletzer edition will be revealed at FanFest. Yeah, I was just going to make a comment uh, that you don't think it's going to be uh, um, shocking enough that they're going to announce it's going to be $250 this time? Oh, God, I <laughs> hope not. But I'm going to call it now that the one of the collector's edition bonuses will be Skull's Gunblade. Yeah. Like, as a weapon or like a full-size one that you can stash? Yeah, like a full-size one. You know, that's what you get with your collector's yep. edition. You have to bump it to $500 for that, though. Yeah, and, and it's, it's going to be like $50 <laughs> to ship it. Yeah. And you have to make sure you're not on any lists. Well, to be fair, the Gunblades, they didn't really shoot bullets, did they? Uh, depends on which thing. Like, Garlane Gunblades totally shoot bullets. Uh, I'm talking about uh, eight. Uh, those ones, the claimed thing was that, what was it? There, uh, that pulling the trigger set off an explosive cartridge, which would cause yeah. the blade to vibrate. So it was like a vibrosword kind of thing. It was a vibrator. Oh my. <laughs> I do not want to know what goes on in your bedroom, Chili. <laughs> the ultimate weapon is Hitachi. <laughs> but no i expect the, uh, if if gunblade is the job because we again we're saying that it is but we still right. you know but i expect so schools think, much weapon. like we had the chicken knife and the wind-up parts uh for the uh when yeah. red mage came out yeah so what are we going to get for the mount then see i'm gonna say ragnarok but i also want to say uh, in my heart in my heart there is only one mount I want from eight, really. Ballam Garden. Mm. No. <laughs> no. I, want I, would settle, I would settle for something that plays a uh, selfie's train song. How about Moombas? Ooh, maybe Moomba is a minion. That would be a cool minion. No, because too. I want him to be the playable race. <laughs> <laughs> I want to oh play my... as Moombas. I feel like that doesn't work for a variety of reasons. I like Talas in chat. I want Quistis as a mount, to be honest. Who doesn't? She w- Quistis was there best girl. There is no way you could tame her. <laughs> Quistis was best girl. Quistis was goddamn amazing. But there's no way you're going to tame her enough to be a mount. One withering glare from her. And it's all over. Please don't get off on that. <laughs> Too late. I promise nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any any other wild speculation from uh, upcoming fan fest? Uh, 
Well, if you want all my, uh, the raid will be announced and teased with a picture. Uh, you will like they'll they'll name the the eight man raid, but you won't actually see anything about it. It'll just be like eight man raid is whatever. Or kind of like how they announced like a, Omega. Yeah. Uh, there'll be some dungeons. The first three dungeons will probably have like screenshots. Like Ooh. yeah, the first star dungeons. Silverwolf had an interesting idea: Ultimisha's yeah. castle. Huh. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, if we're going to be doing weird stuff with timeline thingies, starting to bring in some of the eight time compression things. That's time. That out there? Crystal compression. No, that's how we get to the moon. Uh... No. But anyway, <laughs> dungeons. I expect the dungeons to be teased. Uh, possibly showing off some of, these some of the areas, maybe like the forest with the dwarves. Yeah, maybe get, or maybe get a little more on like that one we saw before with the what looked like that wave frozen in just like in yeah. mid crash yeah so I expect a few things like that and uh, yeah that's it how about for the, the live letter it's just going to be five point probably talk a bit about blue mage and how it's oh. been then talking about uh, I would expect Eureka. I would expect a little bit of tease, uh, uh, teasing of the Iscardian housing era area. Oh yeah, true. oh for, yeah for the the um, the keynote yeah yeah. Remember the Maybe keynote is half an hour longer than right. America. Yeah, they get an hour and a half, so it's, that's a lot of time to put stuff in. Yeah, maybe just like a couple screenshots or like running around in a development build just to be like, here's yeah. a general idea of what it looks like. Like they did with Ralga's Reach when they ran around Ralga's Reach yeah. before it was finished. <sighs> All right, so I'm, I'm assuming in the live letter they're going to show off uh, Hydatos. Yeah. We'll probably see more about this uh, open world dungeon. Yeah, that'll probably be the meat of the, the yeah. live letter, I think. We haven't had one of those since Spoche. I still like but, saying Spoche. 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 The say. <laughs> hey, mine fits with the rhythm, with the meter. Thank you. I spent way too long composing lyrics from that back in 1.0. <laughs> <sighs> Anything else? Well. Nothing else comes to mind as definitely expected to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I am expecting there's at least one thing that afterwards I will be like, I never would have yeah. seen that coming. I'm hoping we get a few of those. Also, remember the... Uh, oh, they might tease Diadem. Oh, the changes that the, they might be coming for Diadem? Because remember, they're bringing back Diadem for 5.0. So. The dimension hmm. of Diadem is that they're we're shutting it down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, they would be saying they're bringing it back for 5.0 if they're shutting it down. Well, they said there were going to be changes made. Yeah. The change is they're shutting it down. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> think they're going to do that. We'll see. Um, the change is that now all the relic weapons are from Diadem. Please go be excited. Yeah, it has to be the emergency mission. And also, you actually have to do stuff with it. See, the problem with emergency mission is people just sat around waiting for it. If you had to actually do stuff for it, then it wouldn't be too bad. All right, let's go ahead and continue on. Uh, speaking of 4.5, the latest uh, hot fixes that we got this week uh, brought us some interesting changes. 
Um, starting with uh, the enemy skill eruption can now be learned from Ifrit normal mode. And I was able to get it in, I think, 10 runs. Nice. I just uh, did hard mode. It wasn't hard. But I, I guess I, you can solo it at, you know, because it's yeah. just a level 20 uh, trial. Yeah. Uh, Mind Blast and Glower are now 100% learn rates. Which That's is nice. good. Uh, I wonder why that is. Because they're dungeon runs. Uh, because um, you need to fill the they're re- job they're required, quest. yes. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Wait, wasn't there another, isn't A Thousand Needles also a job quest? Yes. Item? I think so. But people seem to get that one really early and for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. yeah, that get should be like first. Well, if you have a, some good friends, you know, be happy to help you learn it, so It does seem to be the most broken one. Yep. Um on PS4, uh the server backup function will now display a loading icon and message when the recovery data list is displayed. So I'm assuming that there yeah. was an issue with that. Um and then this is probably the most surprising bit that came from the hotfix. If you guys recall, uh, chokeable companions uh, get more experience if you level them up while on Blue Mage. Which, which was the best. It, it made some amount of sense. Chocobo XP has always been based on the XP you gain. So when your XP gets increased massively, it makes sense that Chocobo XP would also be increased massively. Yeah. Now, Square Enix I noted, got my Chocobo on Gilgamesh to rank 10. I should have done Hyperion as well, actually. Now, uh, they noted that this issue would be fixed, and they did it. So now, regardless yep. of the job you're on, Chocobo Companions will get the same amount of XP as if you were on Blue Mage. Yeah. Everybody yeah. gets the boosted XP. Well, they nerfed the XP down. Did they? Yeah, it, you don't get the same XP as it used to. They but nerfed still, it. But it's, it's still much higher than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. Which, it was interesting uh, seeing that and realizing, wait, yeah. there is an unintended consequence on this. You could watch Thabnarian Onions, the price on those, jump almost yeah. immediately. And there's like a, I actually did a thing out, assuming you're starting from scratch with gardening, you are looking at about a two-week growing cycle on them. That's Wait, not... no, closer to three weeks. Well, that's not so... including the uh, getting the seeds. Yeah. I'm just talking about. I'm seed. talking about from the initial crossbreeds, uh, like for the entire breeding thing of yeah. Pavnerian onions. It's about a three-week growing sequence, so there was no way to actually meet that demand in any kind of reasonable time. Yeah, uh, I had actually worried that this might be an ar- exploitable thing for RMTs, just in terms of running their bot accounts a little bit further into Heaven's Word to those side quests that give you a couple free Pavnerian onions. Yeah. Just buy the first around Reborn Skip. <laughs> I don't know. Mine's been 20 forever, so this is all irrelevant mine's for never me. Got past yeah. Because I'm lazy. Yeah, mine's also at 20. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's still nice that people are making, uh, getting the, the Jogo Buddies out again. Seems like the only oh, time absolutely. I ever get them out is when I'm hunting otherwise. See, I never get mine out, so mine never levels up. Well, there's your problem. I always have a. I've got a stack of uh, almost a thousand. I always forget to go back to older to buy greens. You can buy them at any of the three starting cities. Yeah, but I can only find the vendor in older. <laughs> the the vendor in uh, uh, Gridania is just outside the uh, Aetherite Circle. Ah, I can like I can never find the male guy outside at older on yeah, my house. It's Black Rabbit Traders, isn't it? That little stand that's just to the yep. north and uh, west of the Aetherite? Yes. 
Like, my yes. Senta's there. How could you not remember my Senta after you conducted her dulcet singing tones? By which you mean fairly <laughs> passable. She's not an expert. Anyway. Uh, and speaking of Blue Mage, there was also a note from Square Enix regarding the chain, regarding uh, that little bit of a, a issue where if you changed jobs uh, to gain experience as Blue Mage. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people were saying, uh, making their usual excuses for it, but uh, Square Enix did make it clear they do regard this as an exploit. Well, no, this is, I'm going to read this. This is right from the, uh, um, the notes. Although this issue was previously recognized, this method of earning experience by defeating open world monsters was not widely used and did not have a significant effect because addressing it would have required changes to the core structure of the experience gaining system. We left the issue at the resolution period determining stage. Because Blue Mage is designed to receive more experience than other jobs, this issue became much more noticeable recently and has concerned many players. This issue should have been addressed before the implementation of Blue Mage, and we apologize for the inconvenience. We are making the investigation of this issue a high priority, but as explained above, it involves changing the core structure of experience gaining, making it difficult to address with a mere hotfix. Currently, we are aiming to address this issue in patch 5.0. We would normally yeah. classify such a method for leveling as an exploit, but since we were not able to address this promptly despite it being a known issue, we will not issue any penalties for players who level this way. However, since this is not the Blue Mage's intended design, we do not recommend engaging in this behavior and encourage players to level in the intended fashion. Because it doesn't take long at all. Yeah. I mean, it's just I... as easy to get a friend who's level 70 to uh, follow you and... Uh, Kill the mobs you tag, you get the experience anyway. You don't even need to Why? do that. You can just kill stuff normally. <laughs> Why do you always need some type of power level? Be because oh people gosh. go the uh, path of least resistance. But it feels like it takes a little more effort to do this. Like having well, no, you, you, like you be easier on Blue Mage because you've got so many bind spells. You could just use sleep and then have them kill it for you. Uh, but again, don't do it. Just play it properly. Yeah. I said, I'm not disagreeing with I you guys. I leveled up two I mean, characters to 50 already. I, what was Blue Mage? Given that you can't use it for a lot of that other stuff, I'm not really sure what you get out of having a max level Blue Mage that much faster. They wanted to get into the uh, Mass Carnival. And they won't okay. be able to do anything in the Mass Carnival because they'll have no abilities. So that... <laughs> uh, like, what is the rush? Just level up properly. It's if you level up are. properly, you'll actually have your abilities and you'll actually be able to do mask battle. Otherwise, you're fucked. Yeah, plus you'll have an idea of how stuff actually plays. Yeah. Come on, guys. You know, like saying, oh, there's no combos. I'm like, really? You're not playing Blue Mage? Logic doesn't work in this instance, guys. You know this. Yeah, yeah. Uh. At any rate, it sounds like pretty much it was that this was a thing that had been known for a while, but because experience gain in the overworld was such yeah. a relatively small thing, it was always considered a lower priority. And now that it's something where it's like, hey, it's actually having a bigger one, it's like, oh, geez, now we actually do need to have it fixed. Yeah. They could have made the whole thing by not giving Blue Mages so much experience, but... No, they specifically wanted that to be a thing because of the fact that Blue Mages can't uh, go out and... Plus, the whole point of Blue Mages is to have fun, so if they don't want you to be grinding too much. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. I mean, it, 
it's just trying to find that that right balance. You know, maybe yeah. if they reduce it a little bit, who knows? It wouldn't have been that yeah. much different. Anyway, like I said, I enjoyed leveling Blue Mage, and I hope everybody else is enjoying it as well. I'm looking I leveled it to fifty it. twice. So, all right. <laughs> And uh, if you tuned in to the duty commenced uh, um, sh- yesterday, uh, you may have heard the news that community rep Shannon Matthews, uh, a.k.a. Ockmorn, happy birthday, uh, or Lux Ferris, uh, will be stepping down from her role on the community team to pursue a new adventure. Um, I know personally, I want to thank her for her support of the community and for being a guest on the show when she first joined the community team. That was a lot of fun having her and Aya uh, on our first anniversary show. Oh man, I wonder if we could get her on again. We'll, we'll see. We I don't necessarily want to bother her since she's going to be she's moving from west coast to east coast. I know. I mean, we can a- we can ask and see if she does happen to have free time once she gets settled in. At least put it on her radar. Yes, it would be nice I'll to totally uh, ask her. Yeah, and she's not going to quit the game. She's still going to be in the game, but uh, she's no longer going to be working with Square Enix in this mm-hmm. role. So, um, but I know we. I mean, quite frankly, it seems easier to enjoy this game if you don't have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, managing the community not just I'll that but you see awesome but imagine how it is annoying it is when she has to talk to people like us and then has you know well oh my god imagine what's happening in shadow brings imagine if this will happen and she's like hmm. god say a word yeah. i want to say words to respond to this person but i can't that say anything thing one could speculate on next topic yeah. please look forward to it yeah. I, I want to say something. I don't know that she that's... even gets to say that. I guess she'd be like, no, that's my word. Go away. That's what happened. Uh, she ended up getting fired because she said that too many times. Just kidding. Nah. Yeah. She kept, no, she, what happened was she went up to Yoshi Pink wished him happy birthday. And he was confused. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I hate But Cameron. it's kind of funny because her birthday actually is very soon. So we'll have yeah, to make sure to actually right? wish her a happy birthday on February 6th. I feel yes. like we should wish her a uh, happy birthday on every day except her birthday. Oh, that's <laughs> just cruel. Right, that, then we go wish her happy Christmas. <laughs> what about like Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is good. Happy Kwanzaa Day. I think Kwanzaa is several days. Her uh, birthday is several days. So. Yeah. Happy okay, New fair Year! <laughs> <laughs> But regardless, we we all want to wish her the best in her future endeavors. She's sweet. Yes. All right. Now, the gacha roundup. Um, I don't know if Sarah has a lot of stuff to talk about with the other games, but Defu had um, a massive Defu live dropped, letter yesterday. Yeah, they dropped a ton on us. Why don't you uh, go ahead and talk all about that? Sure. So starting on the uh, 30th, so in just about three or four days, uh, they're going to be having their first anniversary celebration. That's going to include, among other things, uh, anniversary login bonuses, four weeks worth of seven-day login bonuses, which will include armor tokens, draw tickets, power tokens, which are the currency used to purchase 15 and 35 weapons of choice. Very much looking forward to those. There's a couple I never managed to draw that I'm looking forward to finally buying. They're going to have daily anniversary missions where you can earn shards, crystals, clusters, high shards, and gems every day. The high shards, uh, that's going to be really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first meet bonus, the one that they give uh, everyone where to start out, where each time you meet a new player up to 20 times in total, you get gems. 
they're going to be resetting that, so you'll be able to earn another 4,000 gems through the multiplayer uh, battles. Uh, they'll be doing a uh, cycle quest rewards doubled, and the daily mission rewards will be tripled for the duration of the event. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, a batch of multiplayer stickers based on the Dissidia and T models. Istolas uh, makes a comment about something being farcical, so I'm expecting a lot of shade throwing with that. You're farcical. Uh, they'll be having some uh, special gem sales, including a limited time one for the Final Fantasy I Warrior of Light, his fledgling warrior costume, which makes him look like the traditional red-armored warrior from Final Fantasy I. Uh, a set of weekly anniversary quests, uh, a co-op quest called Reminiscence. They'll be doing a new set every week for the duration, uh, where it'll be based on enemies that we fought over the last year. Uh, a set of special anniversary relic draws, uh, one each week featuring 35 and 15 CP weapons, and two event draws, each featuring a new X weapon. And on all six of those banners, the first multi-draw will be free. Uh, they'll be opening up Carbuncle's treasures with increased drop rates and half the SP cost. For the uh, plot line of the game, they're going to be bringing in the interlude and the much-awaited Kate Sith. Catchy, whatever. Catchy, come on. Yeah, they were pronouncing it Kate Sith on the stream. Well, they were pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> they also, everyone, uh, we did get the co-op challenge rewards, so we're getting plenty of draw tickets, armor tokens, and gems. And then the special announcement, Global is getting, a, not exclusive, but we are actually getting it before Japan. Uh, in February, we will be getting Beatrix from Final Fantasy IX as a new character. Uh, I know lots of people love Beatrix, even with all the genocides she did. Uh, don't really know anything about her kit yet. This is one of those times where we Clip are hazard. not, not going to have the foresight that we usually get from uh, Japan getting stuff several months ahead of us. If uh, has it. But if this is anything like uh, similar stuff from other games, we should expect some amount of power creep in what uh, she has available to her. It did look like one of the, in her trailer video, one of the skills she was using looked like Thunder Slash, which I know is a standard for Beatrix. So we'll see what we get with that. People aren't going to care what they get with Beatrix. They're going to go after everything anyway, because she is waifu. Yeah. I know someone who doesn't even play Defu, who when I mentioned that Beatrix is being added, started considering it. So how are you enjoying the uh, um, the brothers um, uh, world thingy? That they I had them level to 20 long ago. Oh, you, you had brothers level to 20? Every single summon when they first brought out the World of Illusions, the limited time one, I ran that nonsense until they were capped. Oh, did they have it for Pandemonium too? Yep. I must have totally missed it. Yeah, no, that is one that I tend to be very diligent about because I want those boosted effects from the summons. Yeah, I, I know I, I did it for when they released Bahamut, but um, I, I must have missed it for the other two for some reason. Yeah, on the other gotchas, for the most part, there's not too much exciting, so I'm happy to go ahead and just give them a miss this week. But I do want to mention, for Record Keeper, it was just confirmed that uh, a lot of people may remember the Kingdom Hearts event that we had a while back, where Global and Japan got the event at the same time. And so we got some absurd power creep as a result of it, because we got stuff that was current for Japan. They've just announced an upcoming event in celebrating Kingdom Hearts 3, where they're going to be having another simultaneous 
global and Japan release. We're expecting that this is going to be Global's first chance to get those awakening arcane soul breaks. Uh, should be good and obscenely powerful. What is so this, definitely looking forward to that. What is this Kingdom Hearts 3 that you mentioned? Um, so remember how I have that uh, fanfic where Sora and Riku kiss all the time? It's not that. Oh. Apparently mine infringes on their copyright. And then that's where the cease and desist came in? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, like most of the community agrees with me, Sora and Riku wanted to have it bad for each other. No, you that's just have thing. it bad for They're both They're hoggy and they miss each other so much. They are deeply in love. Chat, back me up here. Crickets. Anyway, we don't want too much dead air. <laughs> <sighs> you people are the worst. All right, so we're going to throw out the spoiler warning again, guys, just in case you have not finished main storyline, Four Lords, or um, the uh, Return to Ivalis quest lines yet. Uh, we will be talking about the storylines on that, so you have been warned. Um, so let's go ahead and tart tar start with... Uh, the main storyline. Um, Let's hard up the main storyline. Everyone wear bikinis when you do it. People do already. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, I still have that picture a friend of mine sent uh, where he was... Like that last scene at the uh, end of the uh, 2.0 MSQ where it has you floating in front of the crystal before you charge La Habrea. Uh, him doing that in a pumpkin head and bikini. Okay, then. Final Fantasy XIV is a very serious game. So serious. So, so anyways. You want to get us started on the main storyline since uh, you All so right. diligently worked on that for me? Sure. So a little bit of a shorter one this time since we're building up to the Shadowbringers lead-in and did have it split into two pieces. We start with soul-searching, Cryles uh, using Matoya's crystal eye, to trace the ether of the comatose scions, much like when we were looking for Ishtola previously, after she had used that forbidden magic and was lost somewhere in the live stream. Now this time, the thread that Kral's tracing seems to end abruptly, just cuts off without a trace, which she is at an utter loss to explain. Matoya does point out that the scions' bodies are not decaying, so the souls do still exist, but it is a complete mystery where they could be. With that uh, avenue having reached a dead end, we receive word that a group of Garlean soldiers has defected to Alamigo, and we arrive there to see Maxima, the Garlean who we originally met during Asahi's uh, diplomatic mission. I like Maxima. Uh, he he's defected from Garlemald along with a number of his popularist colleagues, and he tells us about the attack in the burn and the meeting with Shadowhunter, explaining that Alphano has chosen to accompany Shadowhunter in order to investigate the Asian. Maxima also fills us in on the current state of the Garlean Empire, including tales of rebel armies being destroyed in a single night and a Garlean force marching towards Alamigo. Now, the Alamigan defenses are still nowhere near ready to repel an invasion, so an immediate request is sent to the Aorzean Alliance for reinforcements. And they also decide to make plans to try to negotiate with the Garlean commander as a way of buying time. Uh, with all this in motion, we prepare to leave for Doma to appraise Hien of these events, 
before we can go, that strange voice that's been warning us of impending doom strikes again. It does eventually subside with no apparent effects on us or Alice. Uh, once we arrive in Doma, we get to see the beginning of Hien's own alliance with representatives from throughout Othar. Hien informs us that the Allegan energy barrier in the burn that we were preparing last time is about to be tested and invites us to attend. Ooh, that should be fun. Yeah. Now, at the burn, the energy barrier is successfully activated. Not a single hitch. I was a little worried that there was going to be some kind of disaster with it. Boom. But it's, yeah, it's successfully activated. So Doma is now secured against Garlean attack. And that does free up Hien to commit some of his forces to the defense of Alamigo. While we're celebrating from this, a single Garlean gunship does approach the barrier, eventually landing when it's unable to pass through. Which again, score one for seeing that it does actually work. I was amused by he and uh, commenting that he was hoping there would have been a fireball. A little more explosion here. Yeah. And uh, from that ship, Shadowhunter emerges, carrying the comatose body of Alphano, much to Alice's distress. And we almost immediately recognize him as the Black Wolf of Garlemald, Gaius Van Balesar. So did you, which, which option did you pick? Did you pick Black Wolf or Gaius? I Gaius. went with Black I went with Black Wolf. <laughs> I went with Gaius. I thought, you know, I'm going to break the fact that I knew who he was. I'll just say Gaius. Yep. Uh, I then went back. Uh, when I was rewatching for this, I tried the other option. And it turns out to not actually make much of a difference in the scene. Yeah, they never do, sadly. Sometimes they do. It can be a little weird. Anyways, Gaius tells the tale of his survival at Castor and Meridianum by sheer force of will. Seriously, like... He seems to have not died by virtue of being angry enough to keep going. <laughs> yeah, slightly oh improbable. Oh my god, Sif's confirmed! But slightly improbable, but we'll hand wave it for the sake of story. And his abandonment of his rank and allegiance to become a force of vengeance against the Asians. He explains what he has learned of the Asians, including the hierarchy among the red masked Asians, with those from the source above those from Shard Worlds. Of the Such source as milk bread. Hmm? Such as milk bread. The Asian milk bread. I think it's Wait. milk bread. Right. <laughs> I... Anyways, of the source Asians, at this point, two are known to remain. Elidibus and the mysterious Emmet Selk, of which neither he nor we know really anything. Uh, Gaius tells us about the Empire's use of Black Rose, the toxic gas weapon, to exterminate the rebel armies, explaining those stories of rebel, rebel armies wiped out in a single night. He reassures us that he and Alphano destroyed the Black Rose production facility along with all known stockpiles, but warns that while doing so, they found documents recently signed by Xenos Ye Galvis, as well as Allegan-based incubation chambers filled with clones of a young Emperor Solus. Although it's not clear what is happening, something strange is going on in the Empire, and Gaius is determined to find out whether it's Asian or Imperial hands behind this. I'm not saying Asian, but, but Asian. I mean, uh, yeah. We do <laughs> also see an interlude at the Black Rose chemical plant, where an engineer informs Emperor Varus that a new plant is already under construction and will have Black Rose ready for the Alamegan offensive. Solus also makes an appearance and makes a number of cryptic remarks about 
the nature of black rose and the surge of light ether in the source, the clone bodies provided to him by Varys, and how Solace and Varys will work together to fulfill his ambitions. Lots of interesting stuff in there. Uh, I know a number of remarks, the lore mongers were actually going through what the lines were in all of the languages, just because sometimes you get extra little bits of data from that. Each language often presents stuff with slightly different characterization or in different ways, so sometimes we can pull some clues out of that, but we're still at a little bit of a loss on some of this. Now, back on our side, advanced Domin forces begin to arrive in Alamigo as we make our way to the Alliance headquarters at the region's northeastern border. The leaders of the Eorzean Alliance prepare for a parley with Emperor Varys, who has taken the field to lead the Garlean troops, hoping that at the very least they're going to be able to buy a little more time for their forces to prepare. At that parley, the Alliance leaders attempt to find common ground with the Emperor, but he swiftly rebukes their attempts and counters every argument that they make. The talks are moments away from devolving into full-on combat when Alice calls for calm, asking everyone to take a moment and cool their tempers in the name of preserving their chance at peace. She really stepped up in that scene, didn't she? I was a little touched when she said that she just tried to imagine what Alphano would do. Like, <laughs> she's definitely doing something she doesn't feel suited for, but she also recognizes herself as the only option available, even if it's not a great one. Now, in that interlude, did you go around and talk to everybody? Oh, yeah. I always talk to everyone. I think you have to, talk. don't you? You, can, you have to talk to some of them, but you can... Pretty much any time there's something indicating this is the next person to talk to, I will yeah. talk to every single person before that. Every other person. Every time. Yeah, because there was a lot of interesting... Uh, um comments that were made there and, and how, how you the warrior of light actually feels useful in this part i mean we're actually you know cheering them on and you know giving them advice and it's like wow we're you know they're relying on us at this point we're doing something in, instead of just you know going and gathering mustard and wine and cheese and things like that hey i enjoyed that quest that was my favorite quest to see <laughs> Getting that expensive huh. bottle of wine? Uh, eh, more like see what Hancock did and see, and like knowing enough about the wine industry to be like, yeah, that makes sense. At any rate, as Klaus mentioned, we do have that moment of stepping away to confer with the Alliance leaders. And one of the things that comes from that is deciding to take a little bit of a different approach. Uh, all along, we've been trying to give the Empire reasons for why they should change their course of action. But it's pointed out, we don't really understand why they're doing it in the first place. And the stories we have heard, there are some odd discrepancies in them. Uh, some, as well as some of the differences between the Empire's founding myths, their reasoning uh, for going on their campaign against the Beastmen, all that. And what we've actually learned as a result of our exploration of the burns. Yeah. Of um, the burn. I was Not also this. kind of uh, um, shocked as to how well Varys was informed on the uh, um, the, the goings on within the alliance. Yeah, I mean, we know that we had spies like the Ivy who were reporting to the Empire, among others. But dudes clearly got a good information network, which is a little worrisome. But once we do start asking those questions, pulling at those threads, Varys is 
oddly pleased, telling us that we are finally asking the right questions. And he reveals his plan to put the reins of history back in the hands of mankind by rejoining the shards to the source, restoring mankind to its true form and giving it the power to defeat the Asians. We, of course, are uniformly horrified at this. He proposes the death and destruction caused by in several calamities on our world, the source, as well as the complete annihilation of entire worlds and all the lives upon them in the shards. We do finally understand what drives the empire, but with that we also understand that no agreement is possible. And so we return to the camp to prepare for battle. It's like he wanted to tell us that it was Asians behind it all. Yeah, it was a little unexpected to see that, oh wait, he knows. Oh, he's got plans for this those are not good plans but he, i can see why he sees them as the way forward seeing what the Asians have wrought seeing just how much control they have seeing it uh, seen as like this is our hope for taking it back i get why he would think that way even if what he proposes to do is deeply monstrous and so, we take to the field of battle to meet the Garlean invasion force, cutting down foes as we make our way across the Gimlet Dark. This battlefield is a chaotic scene, uh, shrouded in perpetual night, littered with the wreckage of Maxitech war machines. We're joined at various points by other soldiers and the leadership of the Alliance. I really loved a lot of the various set pieces in the dungeon, where we have uh, Alliance leaders jumping into and out of combat with us, performing special moves, us needing to shelter them, them needing to shelter us. It was a really good scene in general, I felt. Yeah, I enjoyed the, the dungeon because I, I thought, you know, the fact that there was a lot of action going on all around us with, you know, like I said, the NPC um, participation, it did almost feel like a four-person uh, instanced um, content like we have, like, as the solo ones. Right. A little bit, yeah. Uh I also, there were some parts of that was like, it, just seeing the amount of uh, Magitech War Machine wreckage and the like, I was like, this is the initial strike. Is there really that much this early? But maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's all been there for a while. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and we do eventually fight and defeat the Emperor's personal guard. Uh, we are uh, victorious in repelling the attack. And as we regroup to press onward, try to end the war before, uh, before it's even started, we are again assaulted by that mysterious voice. And this time, Alice collapses to the ground. She seems to have been struck by the same affliction as the other Scions, with still no apparent cause or cure. The Garleans do seem at this point to be holding back on their attack. And so we are free to bring Alice back to the Rising Stones uh, to deliver her into the care along with the other Scions. But as we are left at the Rising Stones to reflect on uh, the events of the day, the scene cuts back to the Imperial camp at the Alamegan border. Xenos has arrived, and uh, of course we mean Elidibus Xenos, and he is preparing to take to the battlefield, so we know that that climactic confrontation is awaiting us. Dun, dun, dun. Lots of uh, good setup, lots of stuff of things putting the pieces into place for what we know is going to have to be happening. 
there wasn't a lot revealed that we didn't already know. I mean, we pretty much all knew about uh, the stuff with uh, Gaius. Yep. Uh, the mention of M itself as an important uh, Asian is something that is new, but we don't have a lot from that other than the guess that maybe Solace is M itself. Or perhaps not. There's actually a good, healthy debate about what the nature of Solace is. If he's someone who is ascending to Asianhood, if he's someone who has been possessed by one. Like, there is... That is still as yet unclear. Yeah. I was just going to ask, I mean, do you think that it's Solace? Or do we think there's somebody else that's still behind the scenes? I don't know. Like... I really have no idea. If it was something where Solace wasn't asking from the beginning, this is a very, very long con. Uh, the Asians have often uh, seen more the type to whisper in someone's ear rather than taking like direct control of the situation. So do you think that it's possible that uh, Solos was maybe, before he became Emperor, died and then was uh, taken over by an Asian? Maybe. No, I feel like he was an emperor before. So you think he was? I feel like he be he he, he became an Asian after he died, but he was uh, had the the Asian whispering in his ear the entire time. And Could then be. he died for in some strange accident, quote unquote, and then was he uh, tripped over his own sword? I mean, part of me wonders if maybe he willingly gave himself over, or was he an Asian from the beginning? Yeah, I don't Are know. Are we all Asians? Like, there's a lot of unanswered questions here. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure at some point we're going to get a big info dump and find out a lot of these other things. But right now, I feel like I felt in a lot of the earlier expansions when we get to this point where it's like, there are so many questions that have been piling up and realizing there is so much that I we just do not know about what we are about to blunder into. Yeah, we haven't gotten... And it's like, Something bad is probably about to happen, and I don't know what, and that worries me. Yeah, we haven't gotten the big cliffhanger yet. You know, we're going to end 4.55 on a massive cliffhanger like we always have. When you, you punch this, a when you punch this Asian, a number of scenes will play in sequence. <laughs> Please get your popcorn and, and stay hydrated, fam. Oh, yeah, I am totally... This cutscene contains many Asians. Please get ready for it. <laughs> you cannot skip it, Chili. Yes, Chili, we know you're skipping cutscenes. You cannot skip this one. <laughs> well, I don't say it's, a story. It's not like I want to hate you into non-existence. I'm just going to try it anyways. <laughs> All right, so <sighs> we know it was just the first half of the MSQ, but what did you guys think of it overall? So I'm good. I am torn between, on the one hand, hey, there is of good stuff there's lots of interesting things and on the other i felt like i didn't really learn anything especially new like i was reminded of some stuff there's some stuff that was pointed at as like hey this is potentially interesting and you should be looking in this direction to see what happens but i felt like i didn't end up getting that much out of it like if you're there if they're going to build up things this much there had damn well better be a payoff which, I mean, there just may be. They certainly have given the payoff before, but... The biggest thing uh, I'm getting out of this so far is they've already made us alone. We are the only Scion right now. 
Yeah. So, uh, the, but, no, we've still got the best scions available. Got aside Cryo from Tataru. I mean, aside uh, from Tataru, I mean, she does not have, you know, she's just... It's fine. Those are the only scions I care about, so it's okay. I'm good. <laughs> she's technically not a scion, I don't believe. She works for I... the scions. We don't have... Uh... We don't have the ones who had the Sarlayan origins who have a lot of the knowledge and a lot of the skills. Yes. Like there are. Instead, we have the are... one that that does all the work. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, we but... still got the ones like Cory <laughs> like Boulder and Ehrenwald and stuff like that, who I don't think are strictly silence, but are people who we work with and who help us out a lot. But in terms of a lot of that kind of, the people who tend to really know what's going on or know how we can get answers. Or just have a lot of expertise and skills in these areas. We have been pretty much isolated on that front, and that does worry me. Now, say, so, uh, uh, you know how the trust system works in Eleven about how you bond in with someone else, and that's how you can summon their soul. Right. Yeah, summon them to help you in battle. I wonder right. if you're, it... ki you're kind of like summoning sort of uh, yeah. something based off your relationship with and memories of them. I wonder if that's how the trust system is going to work, because they oh said all God, the science. We're pulling that. We're pulling their souls into the future to help us. No, not like that. But when we somehow bring them back, it messes with our aether, and that way we're able to summon part of them as a help. Maybe. I yeah. The FF11 that is not them, but is them. The FF eleven one. Uh, I spent a lot of time looking at that system, so I could tell you. Uh, it had. Usually for a fair number of the people, you have to have completed some missions or quests or like such that you have some experiences with them. And then they would often make comments during the process about other things you had done together, like other quests that you had done that might have involved them, other related things to that. And from all of that uh, comes this uh, trust form, this thing that's like kind of comprised yeah. of your memories with them, the times that you share together. You can use that to summon kind of this other version of them. That's what I'm trying to make it like. Sometimes you summon them in front of them, and they yeah. make remarks about that. That's what I'm trying to make it not exactly the same, but like the idea, yeah, using some of the idea of it. Like maybe it's yeah. using the echo to bring them out. Because so far as the people that have been taken that we've seen that we can use as trusts. Yeah, they, that was pointed out. Uh, it's unclear if there is actually meaning to that, or if it's just a general, hey, these are the people we work with a lot. Yeah. Uh, they did say, they, first. <laughs> yeah, they did <laughs> say that the trust system is, uh, the mechanics of, like the story stuff behind it is going to be a little different from how it worked in Eleven. Also, thinking of that, I hope we do get Aaron involved. We, he's such a nice guy. I just want to troll the universe and we get Horchafon. Oh my god. So many sad people. So many sad people. Also uh, a lot of uh, um, fanfics. Oh boy. Alright, so shall we uh, continue on to the uh, Return to Ivalice finale? Oh, oh sweet, I can have a nap. See you guys later. Later, Tilly. This was probably the well, best part of the patch. Like, uh, every review I've seen, the people loved it. Uh, especially anyone who had any amount of nostalgia for Final Fantasy Tactics, or also the other Evil stuff, but Tactics in particular. 
Yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with tactics. I have seen it played, but uh, like I, said, I, I haven't really played through it myself. Uh, no, I play. I have played it several times, and as I mentioned, I have a friend who does a yearly playthrough that he usually discusses with me. So, but like I said, I do have a, a lot of knowledge with twelve. So, um, <sighs> like I said, in that case, I really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. So we start off uh, by we get invited back to the uh, Prima Vista. And uh, we learned that Alma is unwell, um, but what what actually the problem is, we're not sure. Um, so we uh, talk with Genomis um, to figure out where we're going next. And uh, the newest findings are the Aurasites are creations of an otherworldly being sealed beneath the Orban Monastery, an ancient sanctuary deep within the heart of the of the Damascan jungle. Um, during his speech, Sid shows up to bring a, uh, device for Mikoto and, uh, says hi and says just, and leaves. He's just kind of, hi, bye. It just, yeah, it was a little weird that he just kind of dropped in and left without that much comment. Yeah. But he maybe was busy with, uh, with Nero. Who knows? Anyway, I ship it. Was the closet door locked? But the device um, is actually something that Makoto had designed and had Sid build for her to try and protect Alma from the ethereal influence coming from the Odious, the little uh, uh, pendant. Um, at that point, uh, we're invited by Buagi uh, to. Um, he asks us to go talk with uh, these people to try and get information as to whether we can get into Orban Monastery or not, and he has an in with the general of the resistance in that area. And uh, at that point, we are introduced to a set of legs <laughs> that uh, are attached. I mean, we really are introduced <laughs> to a set of legs in that scene. <laughs> The, the, those are the legs that we were teased in, uh, um, in in the live letter, wasn't it? I have to say, I really wanted the, that to be a Vieira guy. I knew it was going to be Fran, but I wanted that to be a guy just for the reactions that would have gotten. Just for the lulls? <laughs> yeah. But yes, we're introduced to Fran. And um, Fran is, uh, you know, she's she is a Vieira, and the Vieira are known to be very... Um, private and not leave their homes but um in very few cases they will venture out and uh try and set up forth their own um with their own what's the word i want here well fran is just fran and uh she yeah. is she's uh, clearly found something worth leaving yes. uh, the jungle she's for. very driven by this uh, desire to uh help other people and she is in charge of this resistance movement called Lente's Tears. And she agrees to help us to get into Orban Monastery if we can secure military aid from the Eorzean Alliance as well as monetary aid from the East Aldenard Trading Company. Uh, fun callback, by the way. Lente's tear was an artifact in uh, Final Fantasy XII that allowed the bearer to pass through barriers in Golmore Jungle. Yes. It was received from uh, Viera as a thanks for rescuing another one of their tribe. Yes. So it's kind of nice that they get the call back there. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's tons of callbacks exactly. all throughout this. 
Um, Mont Blanc is frightened and excited at the same time at the notion of aiding the Damascan resistance, um, which is kind of cool. So he tries so hard. He a is little a, dork. very much a try hard. <laughs> um, so we uh, get back and. I love in the quest text how it specifically says how Montblanc made it back to the tiring room before you did is a mystery best left unsolved. Oh my gosh, we can teleport. We can do all this stuff. How do they always beat us there? Right. I just love that they they specifically say that in this text quest. Better a lampshade than a bare bulb, but... Um, so we basically uh, tell um, them what Fran's demands are, and uh, we do our best to try and get the involved parties to come and uh, um, let us know if they're able to aid us. And we actually get told that uh, to go join Hancock in a meeting with a number with, with himself as well as a number of uh, representatives from the Aorazine Alliance. And they they are happily tell us that no, they can't do shit for us. Uh, I do also want to say I really liked in this scene that we just got on the link shell and talked to people. We just called around instead of having to visit everyone to check in. Yeah, but it was nice that they all came to uh, um, Kugane to to deliver the news, though. Yeah, and that was kind of an interesting uh, scene. And the fact that uh, Fran was like, yeah, we expected this to happen. But, uh, you know, the fact that you, uh, she wanted to do it to basically prove to the princess that, you know, they can't just rely on all of that. And, uh, you know, that they can't expect that to win, you know, what she needs to have happen. Yeah, they're not going to make any progress just by asking these people for aid. They have to show that they can actually pull something out. Yeah, and it's going to help. Also, I believe this was our reference to a princess yes which we may have expected but still yes an unnamed princess it's totally ash it's totally ash absolutely (laughs) (laughs) Ah. so um at that point she agrees to help us even even though um we were unable we basically failed at her demands she knew that was going to happen and she wanted that to happen so, but because we yeah. did it and, uh, everybody was forthright and, uh, you know, they were totally honest about it. She's like, okay, I'll still help you. Cause well, yeah, I mean, if she knew it was never going to happen and most like she was using us to prove a point to, uh, the princess and she's pretty unashamed about that, that yes, this was a pointless errand, but it was needed to be done in order to actually, uh, show this to the leader of Lent's tears. Yes. And so uh, it makes sense that she does, then does go ahead and help us because we did what she wanted, actually wanted, which was to make that point. Then we get this nice little twist. The device that uh, um, Makoto had designed to help protect Alma actually ended up being the cause of her getting kidnapped. She, a portal opens from it and she is sucked in. So we now have to go find her. And there's only one place that she can be. That would be Orban's monastery. The Colmore jungle. Yes. Uh, also, a lot of the lore, uh, lore mongers and people who like lore in general were very happy with those scenes in that Fran pulled out a map 
and started indicating points on it. Like, within an under an hour, someone had grabbed that screenshot, the map from it, resized and fit stuff to join it onto the maps we already have. So we do have a bit more filled up of the Authardian <laughs> map now. Oh, I love this community. It's like, the, we were given a good piece of info. We are making use of that. <sighs> All right. It's at that point, then we do actually get another echo-induced uh, flashback. And we see uh, it flashes back to Ramza, uh, the original Ramza's time frame. And we see uh, a lot as to what happened to cause this... Uh, this this whole issue and it was this one this one's a little weird like canonically you can only echo with actual people because you are kind of touching their souls and objects don't have souls but this is also a very special case yeah like this is not the first time i think some of the stuff with establishing that those objects could be used for uh summoning uh primals uh, instead of just the usual method, that it could come from the belief inherent to an object. They've been doing a lot to say, like, okay, maybe the rules didn't quite work the way that we want. But didn't they... Or the way that how they could be that the, the uh, thing was so well loved that it kind of had some of the... That still raises questions. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm yeah. saying that if you are going with this, this sub, uh, changes a lot of our understanding of how this works and means that we know even less than we did before. Doesn't make it impossible just leaves us on unsteady ground. But don't those pendants basically actually have the souls of these people in them? I mean, this is one of the things that actually came up in Mikoto's Techno Babble Speak. Uh, they are this logical ethereal construct. Possibly. Maybe. It's still weird. But I mean, at least then it makes still makes sense with how we normally think weird. about... You're still weird. Well, yes. Anyway. I'm not saying that it's wrong. It's weird, and it keeps subverting these understandings that we do have, and it makes us stand on a foundation of sand. It's also I don't, necessarily, I don't necessarily hate it, but it makes things confusing. It's a MacGuffin, okay? That doesn't help! Anyways. <laughs> So we get that echo vision. We get some nice flashbacks. We get to learn a little bit more about the uh, truth of that time. Yeah, and I don't remember it as much as you probably do, so if you want to expound on it a bit more. Uh, so it does include... I, if it's a scene I'm thinking of, uh, you have Raza and Delita. Uh, or is it is it what the one or is that we do have Oron there talking about how Ramza is going to be doing this and asking Delita uh, to pretty much cover up the truth of this. Uh, it's kind of this callback to the Final Fantasy Tactics thing where Delita has accomplished this big thing, but Ramza is also doing something, and Ramza's role in history has to be buried for the greater good. But this time we have Delita as a little bit more of a willing participant in it. We also have that apparently Oron got with Ra with Alma, so. Good for you, Oron. Get some. Oh my. I mean, like, she does the little path thing. She has child. Like, good for Oron. He got a raw deal in tactics. He tried to record the truth of what Ramsa had done and got tortured by the church. This Oron got laid. Giggity. 
Anyways. All right. So it's at that point we get access to the dungeon and oh my God, what a dungeon. The raid. Excuse me. So much. So much fan service. The good kind. It's all good, isn't it? Eh, some is like kind of eh. It's like, oh my gosh, you're totally reaching for this. But this one was like, this is the, this is the kind of fan service I want all the time. Yeah, the the fact that the fir- the bosses are basically um, testing us to make sure that we are strong enough to take on Ultima. Yeah, well, no, there's also references to the calamities that are happening. Right, this is something where the Final Fantasy tactics setting is being put into the Eorzean one. So they talk about what's going on as a calamity. There is yeah. reference to uh, Hydaelyn and the uh, Mother Crystal. Like, these are people who do still exist in the FF14 world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it, they, they are also, the the three first bosses are, they are their job, they're there because they need to make sure that whoever gets by them is strong enough to take on the High Seraph. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Thunder God pretty much references the light calamity that's on the way. Yeah. Also, the whole discussion about the nature of Ultima and whether the spell Ultima came from her and all that, that again seems to mess with some understandings of what was going on back with the Ultima weapon fights and things like that. So you're so, spe- so a lot of people again, are speculating that this was all this all happened pre uh, Allegan Empire? There are questions about where in the timeline this all fits in because there's a well, lot know, of stuff that's a little bit weird about it. You know what fits in really well? Your wallets. Go buy the statue of Ultima for only $250, and you too can cast Ultima emote. Uh... But, I mean, if you think about it, Sarah, <laughs> it makes sense that this is pre allegan because there's not a lot known about things before that. I mean, it's possible. Uh, though I know they also talked about stuff like with the Clockwork City of Gao and how... Uh, People from the uh, oh, they've uh, the Gar- they believe that the Garleans are descended from those. Uh, if that's something that's pre ally, given that the Garlean, uh, the Garleans with their third eye did not seem to be uh, ex- extant in Allegan times, it's unclear and weird. Well, maybe we'll find out more about it in uh, Encyclopedia Eorzea Part Three. Oh, I mean, if nothing else, <laughs> I'm gonna be asking so many questions. Uh, the next time there's a lore interview. But yeah, there is something weird. Uh, and then the final fight with Ultima and the fact that she is calling her, um, you know, out like um, Famfrit and. Uh, um, Belias was there, I believe. Belias and. Yeah, uh, she's Hash pulling Brown. out all. Hashmall. Yeah, she's pulling out all of uh, her uh, Zodiac monsters all of her uh, takes on the various Zodiac stones. So lots of callbacks to the earlier fights in the, uh, the raid series, yep. needing to remember some of the mechanics from each of those fights. As well as the call out to the fact, uh, to the end of the 2.0 uh, storyline and Ultima Weapon. Yep. And, and drawing out the power of Titan, uh, Garuda, and uh, Ifrit. So. Right. But <sighs> such, I mean, it's so easy to get lost in that fight, just looking around at how amazing it all looks. Also, I have to note, the third fight is most definitely the hardest fight, and that is the way it should be. 
That's not so bad once you uh, adopt the strategy of uh, stacking yeah. in between the circles. Even so then, some people have find that harder than the go to the left strategy. Actually, oh god, that's so easy though. Because if you stack in the center and you get that that double well, um, thing, with, whichever one, it's still it is still the most difficult fight. And given that you're fighting th fucking Thunder God Sid, that it damn well better be the hardest fight. <laughs> like I half expected that we wouldn't even actually defeat him. He would just be like, "Yeah, that's good enough. I'll let you through." I'm bored now. You may pass. Like, it's Thunder God Sid! I don't know who he is, but I'm gonna go okay. Thunder. He was an absurdly broken uh, character in Tactics that you got to have on your side. Like, a fair number of the challenge runs of it, uh, uh, the various challenge modes that people come up with uh, for Tactics, almost all of them include you can't use Thunder God Sid. <laughs> the fact that he's using a lot of the same uh, move names as Agrius because his sword play ability gave him the sword skills of, of Agrius's class, Gafgarion's, Meliodules. Oh man, the fact that each of the, like Mustadio, Agrius, and uh, Thunder and Orlando, that all of them, their moves were direct references to the ones that they actually use in the games. But still with its own interesting twist on it. It was just such a beautiful love letter to Final Fantasy Tactics, and I loved every moment of it. Yep. Absolutely amazing. Oh, I mean, Chili, you like, did enjoy the fights, right? Oh, the fights were great. You just didn't understand the references. No idea. But yeah, it is <laughs> chock full. All right. Like, so for I anyone who's played uh, Tactics, you could just see all of this stuff, all of these memories coming back, and it was just such a beautiful moment. I want Agrius's armor. All right, Chili. This week, I've already I've come up with a stretch goal for you. If you hit your five hundred dollars goal for uh, Extra Life, you play Tactics. Uh, 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 some you know you PlayStation version or War of the Lions translation. Well, whatever one he can find. I'd have to import it from America if I wanted to play Tactics on PS One. Yeah, War of the Lions, the script is a bit better. You may not understand some of the meaning, but a lot of that comes from poor translations. Yeah, because so, as I said before, officially it never got released here yeah. until War of the Lions. Yeah, that happened for a lot of stuff. The only time I know of that was in reverse was Terra Enigma. I had to get a wrong with that. I mean, I play all my games legal. Who am I kidding? I mean, legally, technically, it's not sold there, so... <laughs> that doesn't actually make it legal. True. All right. I know enough about copyright law. That remix, though, she'll watch. <laughs> I'll have to find uh, a way to stream it. So we, we beat Legally. Ultima. Sorry, we're moving on. We beat, yeah. we beat Ultima, and uh, we rid the land of her foul presence. Uh, but Ramza, who ended up uh, taking Alma's place, um, has not regained his consciousness yet. So we just kind of have to wait. But... Uh, Ethereal versions of the hero Ramza and King Delita appear before us to grant uh, their thanks before returning once and for all to the live stream. That was kind of a nice yeah. little scene. Yeah, I mean, a call back to uh, actual stuff from Tactics. Uh, the uh, the miracle where the Scorpio Zodiac Stone did actually revive someone who had died, and like. Those characters in the background, a lot of them look like the various Final Fantasy Tactics generics. There was definitely Rafa and Marak there. Yeah, like, I thought they did a great job of, of recreating the characters within the Final Fantasy XIV construct. 
there's a reason I keep referring to it as a love letter to that game because God, the amount of detail, the work to call, make all those references, to make all the details line up. Oh. Well, he did a good job in actually getting it, the guy who created, who, the father of Ivalice, to, to to script this whole thing. Yeah, I'm guessing at least at least part of that was because this thing is Matsuno's baby, and he wanted to make sure that it was represented well. <sighs> okay, right. I'll stop raving. <laughs> and then uh, um, at this point, uh, Genomus is. Uh, you know, having second thoughts about revealing uh, this entire discovery to the world. Um, he instead decides to uh, rewrite his play and, uh, and, and use that as his, uh, um, basically make it his, uh, what is it? Bleh, I can talk today. He, he redoes the Zodiac Brave story and includes this new information in it. And then we get to see the stage portion of the um of the, the 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 ship i can't think of the name of it now why can't the prima vista thank you and holy crap is that huge yeah that is a full on like not like full theater like massive audiences given the tales that we've heard about the prima vista and the huge crowds it draws and all of that they had to give it a grand space, and they totally did. Yeah, I mean, just seeing it off in the distance in Kugane, it does not do it justice. Mm-mm. No, like, seriously, I mean, it, it doesn't look like it's that big, and we only get to see a small portion of it when we're in, the, uh, in that waiting area. So the fact that we actually get to now see the, the actual stage and, and the, uh, the audience's seats is like, holy crap. It's insane. Mm-hmm. So, uh, also, it does. It is noted that the ending that we see uh, uh, Genomus gave to it is not actually the true historical end because we know the true historical end is Ramza goes to live in this suspended state, waiting for the Warrior of Light to come along and make things better. But I was one touched by the fact that Genomus saying that he wanted to give them a ha- little bit of a happier ending, and that. It did reflect the actual ending from Tactics. You knew they had to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's I not mean, like I they could just to, write into it have... saying, yeah, and then the Warrior of Light comes and saves Ramza's soul, blah, 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 blah. I mean, having it as a, then he goes to fulfill this eternal duty kind of thing, they could have done that, but he outright said he wanted to give Ramza a little bit of a happier ending. You said duty. And I... I also said giving Rams a happier ending. I'm amazed that you went for duty instead of the more obvious line. Duty's lower hanging fruit. You're a low hanging fruit. Oh my. <laughs> Overall, like I said, I thought this was amazing. Oh. I'm especially happy that it seems like a lot of these elements have been built into, uh, like a lot of the locations and the other stuff that was referenced has also started to be baked into the MSQ. So it seems like it's not just a, hey, here's this raid story that you can kind of take or leave. This is looks like it's going to be a major part of the story going forward. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to see the end of this. We're going to see, I mean, this is, it introduced us to the Viera, and that's going to be moving forward. You know, the, the Golmore jungle is something we're going to be seeing in uh, 5.0. Yep. 
you know. uh, Anonymous was commenting that, of course, Matsuno is going to make sure to give a way to liberate Dalmasca. Like, it's his creation. I think he wants it freed. It could be fun. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my god. Oh, my god. What? Hopefully one of the quests is to run around going, don't believe Galium old slides. No, the, well, I mean... <laughs> there's going to be like a provincial governor named Andor. No, I don't, I don't think that. It's just something like, I don't believe, don't believe Galium old lies. Nah, it'll be something. I don't believe Zeno's lies. Yeah, like, I would be deeply surprised if there wasn't some like mini side quest that ends up referencing yeah. that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be main story, just like, yeah, side quest. Uh, right, because th there is that extra little scene after we finish everything, isn't there? Yeah. Up at the Clockwork City of Galg? Oh, yes. I did yeah. forget about that, th that a number of uh, uh, Garlean soldiers um, end up uh, basically finding all the, these clockwork uh, um, constructs, and they yeah. are very interested in how they can uh, implement this technology into their war machine. Especially yeah. with constructor dancing. That was the best. Uh, and and we, the, do, we did see that the goddess of the fourth legion as well, uh, Noah Van Gabret. As well as, did you notice the guy who looked like he belonged in a clockwork orange? Oh, yeah. There was, there was that one uh, thespian on the Prima Vista mm -hmm. who kept saying that Garlemald could handle this, that they didn't need us, that they were superior. And then he was uh, just not around in those last scenes. So it seems like someone's been reporting in on our activities. So, well, at least he didn't yeah. see what we ended up doing at the end there. He just he ended up stopping at the, the Ritterana Lighthouse. Right. So... But yeah, it does also seem like we might be uh, moving towards a potential confrontation with Gabrant. So that'll be fun. Everybody in their judge armor. <laughs> I'll be honest, I really love that, that uh, the, the quest after you finish the 24-man raid. More than I like the 24-man raid. The one where you... The one where she so blatantly uses the F word. Did I skip uh, that? So there's, uh, it's the one where uh, the dramaturge's uh, wife is asking you to fetch something. Yeah. And when she asks for that, you can choose to pass on the quest by saying, "How dare you use the f word around me?" She I is very confused as to I, why. I didn't go back for that one yet, so I have to do that yet. Yeah. Oh, really? She is more than a little confused as to why you react so negatively to the word fetch. <laughs> I'll have to go back and take a look at that after the show. Yep. Adventures. The F word. Do we have to make more uh, bacon bread? You have to make I a load of stuff. Yeah, there's some amount of cooking going on there. I have there's like some oysters, some other stuff. You gotta do quite a few things. Yeah, I think you want to try some Hingen seafood. Yeah. Uh, but the cutscenes are the best. Seriously. <laughs> I can't believe uh, I missed that. And you get crack clusters of material again as well. Okay. Excellent. Okay. It gives me something uh, to do. Yeah. Also, while you're on, go ahead and make sure to talk to all the NPCs. I believe 
the uh, dramaturge, I'm not sure, but I think it's him, uh, gives you a lot of that of uh, backstory information about Vieira. Okay, excellent. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and skip the Four Lords story for this week because... That, uh, Sarah... I haven't actually... I still haven't even done uh, Suzaku, let alone Sari. It just hasn't grabbed me. Okay. you. I think you'll I... want to do... Um, these could because I thought Siri was was the storyline was pretty good. Uh, All right. If you don't want to get spoiled, don't read that bit that I put in there. Yeah, uh, I just uh, paged over it. Okay, so because also your librarian's corner this week actually kind of goes into um, what you were talking about a little bit with that map in um, the last quests. So ah. Yes. So given uh, that we've been having uh, the MSQ and the Return to Evilly sect uh, stuff focus on the environs of Southern Othard, and it's become something that's going to, uh, let me see, if I, uh, that's going to become more important in the future, I thought it might be good for us to take a little time to just do a quick review of get all the things straight on Authardian geography. So it's going to be a geography lesson today. So the librarian's becoming a cartographer. Hey, cartography is awesome. Thank you. Uh, let me see if... going to see if I can get a picture so that you can send them the link. You can post the link in chat. Oh, or I actually, I guess that. I could do it, can't I? Yes, you can do it too. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and post. That is a, a composite image made from uh, the images of Othard we already had, combined with uh, the map that France shows us during the cutscenes in Evil, uh, the Return to Evil East quests. With a lot of those clouds swept away, a lot of those details filled in, we can get a little bit more idea of what's going to be coming up next. So... First off, uh, we've got uh, the areas as they exist in Final Fantasy XIV, which is mostly a lot of conquered nations. We've got the Kingdom of Dalmasca there. You can see it uh, in that deserty area south of the Burn, labeled Dalmasca, just south of the Skate Range. Uh, and it covered. The Kingdom of Dalmasca originally covered most of the south of Othard. Its original scope includes that desert area, but also that Gulmore jungle, a lot of the environments, all the way down to uh, Greylix Bend. That's that southern cape at the southernmost uh, tip of Othard. Now, uh, for a long time, uh, Dalmasca acted effectively as a way station for overland travel between Ilsabard and the eastern reaches of Othard especially when compared to the very inhospitable burn. Although Dalmasco was a desert, it was dotted with a number of oases, and so it became a major trade route, and eventually had this desert kingdom established there that, again, because of all the trade passing through, became uh, pretty uh, wealthy as a result of that. Now, it, uh, Dalmasco was conquered by Garlemald in 1547 of the Sixth Crystal Era, so we're talking about 30 years ago. At that time, it was split into two provinces that together make up the Diocese of Dalmasca. This was one that actually confused me at first because a diocese uh, is a... Is that? Diocese. Oh, uh, yeah. Is a uh, term that you see a lot in Catholicism. It usually refers to like a dis 
restricted, uh, controlled by a bishop, divided up into, uh, like, a diocese made up of multiple churches in the areas that they do, and the bishop who administrates them. And given that Garlemald is famously atheistic, I was not quite sure why they were using a religious term. Uh, I did find that the word originates from a Greek word meaning administration. So in this case, it's being used just to refer to administrative districts. They're not really recognizing Dalmasca as a kingdom. They're saying, okay, let's divide up into these districts based on the needs we have for administrating and running. Now, uh, the Garlemald recognizes it as Dalmasca Superior, whose capital city is Rabanaster. As we remember, that was raised by the empire in order to make an example of it and why one does not rebel. There's also Dalmasca Inferior. Its capital city is Leomond. Uh, Leomon doesn't seem to be labeled on the map, but we do see Valnain, which is a major port city. And both of those names we're going to be coming back to because they are pretty important. It's because it's not that important. That's why it's not on uh, the map. Uh, it it's may inferior. be important. Uh, yeah, <laughs> although it's called superior and inferior, this seems to just mostly be like upper and lower yes, rather than yes. in the sense we would mean. No, but I know. Good, caps, good point on that. <laughs> uh, and yeah. Out, looking at the uh, full map, we can see a bit more uh, airships coming from Garlemald uh, that are not able to cross the burn, having to take this lo longer route along the southern reaches uh, through Dalmasca. And pretty much by cutting off the uh, burn, we massively limit their ability to move in the area, which was the entire reason for that barrier construction. All right. So then, to the uh, east of Dalmasca, we have uh, this coastal area where you can see a small label on it. Might be a little hard to read, but that is Nagja, uh, south of Othard. Uh, it's a subtropical climate area uh, because of the arrangement of the mountains, of uh, currents uh, coming in from off the sea. Uh, it's an area that is almost constantly uh, deluged by rain. So you've got lots of jungle and swamp environments in that area. Uh, because of that, the land is not really suitable for farming. So it's made it difficult for a really major nation to ever develop there. There are people living there. There is stuff going on. But we don't really have a significant nation in the way of like Dalmasca or Doma or things like that. Uh, the Nagshan representative to Hien's alliance does mention that because of that terrain, that it has made it impossible for the Garlanes to ever truly conquer them. Uh, the Empire might dispute this. A lot of the officials do have that the Empire was able to eliminate the last pockets of resistance there, though it did take an extended period of time. Uh, whatever the truth of the matter is, the jungle and swamp terrain, a lot of those conditions, means that use of guerrilla tactics uh, among the Noxian uh, resistance forces is very common. They know the jungle much better, are much more able to uh, misdirect, ambush, and otherwise harry the Garlane forces there. And they prefer those methods over a direct attack. So, uh, uh, pretty much in terms of uh, what we can draw, info we can draw on that, uh, from other games, we're going back again to the Evilese Alliance, which is the uh, name for a series of games including Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy XII, Vagrant Story, a couple others in there, but those are the three we're going to care about for this. Now, originally in Final Fantasy XII, the main references that we had to the Evil East Alliance was the names of the Asians. 
where we had stuff like La Habrea, Nabrialis, those were referring to like minor side references in Final Fantasy XII. And at that point, it was almost certainly just kind of a coincidence or fun callbacks where there wasn't necessarily this grand plan associated with them. There was also Zodiac. Right. Uh, but it seemed more likely that it was like, a, hey, we're mentioning this, we're having to be like the little callback type thing, but there wasn't necessarily this super huge thing with it. I ha this is something where I do really have the feeling that it was more, as stuff developed, they're like, oh, hey, wait, we could build on this. Especially once Matsuno came on board, uh, because a lot of these settings have been lifted wholesale from the Ivalice Alliance and brought to Hyland with some changes. So in Final Fantasy XII, we got the Kingdom of Dalmasca nestled among the desert sands of Ivalice. And in that game, it is annexed by the Arcadian Empire. The royal family is presumed dead, though the princess Ash eventually reemerges to lead a rebellion against the Empire. A couple particular elements that I wanted to take note of from there. The idea of the reins of history in the hands of man. An idea that we saw later echoed uh, by Emperor Varus. In 12, there's various hidden forces that seem to be influencing the politics of the region. And the game's main conflict is revealed to be the result of manipulations by godlike beings. Princess Ash is challenged to rise above her need for vengeance in order to cast off their yoke and, as the line said, put the reins of history in the hands of man. Goldmore Jungle and the Pharos at Ridorana, Ridorana Lighthouse, uh, come from uh, FF12, as does Fran and our presumed leader of the Dalmaskan resistance, Princess Ash. It's totally also, Ash. It totally is. <laughs> it's not confirmed, but it's for all intents and purposes, we're safe in saying I'm it. not saying Ash, but Ash. Yeah. Also, various ones like those, uh, the bonga uh, that we encountered on the lead-up to Rita Rana Lighthouse, a lot of the other stuff like that, that is drawn from Final Fantasy XII. Now, from Final Fantasy Tactics, we have the story where long ago a commoner rose to become king and ended uh, the War of the Lions that had ravaged the land. And how behind that tale lies a darker one of demonic forces manipulating this war for their own benefit. Now, in the Ivalice Alliance timeline, Final Fantasy Tactics comes long after Final Fantasy XII. But in the XIV timeline, Ivalice comes long, long ago, and Final Fantasy XII stuff is the more modern one. The, this does lead to some oddities if you're expecting the two versions to mimic each other exactly. It's useful to remember that this is, uh, we, this is described as kind of the theme park version, where you, in broad strokes stuff is the same, but you may change up some of the details to make for a better ride. Now, in the, the tactics setting, Ramza Baelv, I can never pronounce his name properly, I think it's Baelv, discards right. his noble birthright in order to root out demons who use the aura site known as Zodiac Stones to possess and manipulate humans. These demons are the real cause behind the War of the Lions, which they're using in order to revive their leader, Ultima. Now, the royal city of Lasalia, which we found underneath Rabinaster, the clockwork city of Gao, which we found above Midorana Lighthouse, as well as Orban Monastery and the Necro Hall of Milan, all of those make their appearances in Final Fantasy Tactics. And as we've noted repeatedly, the entire Return to Evilies plotline is pretty much a retelling of the Final Fantasy Tactics story, with many callbacks to fan-favorite elements. Everyone loves murdering Argath. Everyone. In the remake, they added a fight where you get to kill him again. 
that's how much people hate him and like killing him. Uh, and then the other one I wanted to call out, which not as well known as the others, but still has quite a few fans, Vagrant Story. In that one, Risk Breaker Ashley Wright is dispatched to the abandoned city of Le Mans to defeat the escaped criminal and leader of the Molencat cult, Sidney Lostaro. He finds himself caught in a web of intrigue between a variety of plotting factions and must find the truth amid the darkness of the ruined city. Now, Vagrant's story is set entirely in the city of Leamon, which is the capital of Dalmasca Inferior that we may remember. We do have a number of references to Final Fantasy Tactics characters in it, fitting in with the Evil East Alliance. Uh, for instance, an, uh, I remember an accessory called Agrius's Balm, which is described as a balm used by the uh, B-A-L-M, not B-O-M-B, used by the great knight Agrius, as told in the Zodiac Grave story. So this is definitely something, it's set in the same world, a lot of the same legends have been passed down. Given that element of the timeline, Vagrant Story comes sometime after Final Fantasy Tactics, which again comes sometime after Final Fantasy XII. Uh, the cellars of Leomond are also home to a variety of fine wines, and I'm guessing that some of that ends up being the inspiration for the wine-based side quest that we had in the Return to Evil East series. Several characters from Vagrant Story are also referenced as Zodiac Graves in 14. We have mentioned specifically of the assassin Ashley and the star seer Muenkamp. So, given that, we can draw a lot from our knowledge of uh, the Evil East Alliance for what this section of the world is going to be like, but we do also have a little bit of real-world influence that we can draw off of and compare it to. At this point, we don't really know much about Nagsha, but we do have several elements that seems to suggest it's an analog to Southeast Asia, and Vietnam in particular. We do have its location along the, uh, <coughs> pardon, along the ocean south of Doma, which in this case is a stand-in for China. The Nagshan representative to Hien's alliance is wearing traditional Vietnamese garb, the Ao Dai, among other and the description of their tactics against the Empire, using guerrilla tactics in a uh, swampy and jungle environments, is very reminiscent of the Vietnamese wo uh, Vietnam War. It was kind of interesting to go back and look to that, realize that, wait, now I am seeing uh, it as a repeat of this conflict, only now our perspective is on the other side. It's always kind of interesting uh, when you have... Uh, stories like this where you get a chance to look at something comparable to a real-world thing and experience it through a different set of eyes. Uh, I also specifically want to call out Leomond, which we know almost nothing about it in uh, 14, except for it being the capital of Dalmasca Inferior, a couple other bits related to that. But in Vagrant Story, it is based on the French town of Saint-Emilion. That name is kind of out of place for the area that we're finding it in, in 14. We've got a French-style uh, name in a Southeast Asian setting, but it might not actually be that strange. Many of the nations in that area were at one time territories held by France, and French culture influenced their development in a variety of ways. Uh, one that many of our listeners might be familiar with, if you've ever had a banh mi sandwich, those are a fusion of French and Vietnamese culinary traditions using ingredients and flavors from both of those uh, cultures. And tasty. Final mm -hmm. 
I'm not a huge fan of jalapenos, but if you like spicy stuff. But yeah, a lot of that, uh, and there's lots of other uh, things like that, where you do have some of this French influence. It would be interesting to see uh, if that was something that happened in the Heidelin version of these uh, nations, and how that development happened. Uh, finally, Dalmasca itself doesn't appear to have a direct real-world analog, since that one seems to have been most directly lifted wholesale from the Evil East Alliance and just plunked in there. Uh, but we can draw from a lot of the general tropes and knowledge we have about desert kingdoms. I'm thinking of a lot of the Middle Eastern nations, especially around the time where you have things like the Silk Road, where you have trade going on between Europe and China, and you have these are the areas that it, uh, these are the places that those trade routes passed through and the desert kingdoms that grew off of that. Kind of like the Arabian um, Peninsula and uh, Turkey, th those types of areas? Exactly. Uh, Dalmasca may share a number of similarities with those, especially since if we think of Ilsabard as being, I've thought of it as kind of maybe like a bit of an Eastern European Russian analog, and then if you have Doma as kind of a uh, China stand-in, having uh, Dalmasca's position along those trade routes corresponds very nicely to those locations you were mentioning. So we can imagine some similarities between the two. All right, so that's your uh, uh, Southern Authority Geography lesson. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of an idea of what sorts of things we might to expect to see in the future. I myself am hoping that at some point culinarians can start making bowls of pho, at which point I will be very, very upset that I can only add one jar of hoisin sauce because I pour that stuff into my pho. You ruin oh, yeah. it. It's amazing. Wait, what did you just say? Fuck. Oh, which bit? The last word in that sentence. Pour it into my fa. Okay, that, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, chili. Uh, I, like, I had to go put my phone on charge, and I came back to pour it into my yeah. <laughs> what did I miss? I'm not saying that, that hoisin sauce isn't good, but if you have to add a, a, more than an entire jar into your pho, there's something wrong. I mean, I also add enough shichimi togarashi to my ramen that it turns the broth red, so... Togarashi is good, though, too. I like using <laughs> dark soy, a lot of dark soy sauce when I'm making egg fried rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking as a culinarian, it's been fun to see the recipes that get added uh, as we've expanded into Othardian cuisine, and in the process learn a lot about a lot of Asian cuisines that I had, quite frankly, never heard of. I did not know that there was so much interesting stuff in Mongolian cuisine. Like, like I mean, yes, I knew about Japanese, but like, some stuff like Mongolian. It's not just barbecue. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, we're we're apparently everybody's making uh, uh, food dates in in the chat now. So, yeah, but, uh, no, like there is there is established precedent. Anyone who ends up in the area uh, around me, I am happy to pick you up, take you to food things. Like I think I mentioned uh, that uh, one other lore monger, Rockle, who was in the area. We totally went for macaroni and cheese, and then we went again for ramen. It was great. I like sharing food with people. I like hanging out. <sighs> All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, th I thought it was fun. 
and we'll try and get into the four lords maybe a little later on. Like I said, it's yeah, definitely I guess a good I story. Actually, do those quests? I need to do the 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 extreme modes yet. I haven't beaten the extreme modes for either of the last two, so. Huh. But regardless of that, you know, I'm I'm sure I can always uh, you know lean on Chili and have him carry me. Well, so, I, like, can I, you I, carry I, us both? Oh, I'm only small, but I will try. The, you're like an ad. You can lift nine times your eye level in terms of terrible players. Chili <laughs> <laughs> uh. carries an entire alliance. Hey, I, I kind of did. Because he is chili. I'm not joking. Uh, uh, I can't, you know, ACT is illegal, but so the, the number fairy told me that I was the highest DPS in an alliance raid as monk. In a raid nice. with black mages, bards, and dragoons, and and several samurais, I was pulling off nearly seven point five k DPS. Holy crap! Yeah. So, so for what it's worth, I remember an interesting uh, theory crafting post yeah. where someone was like, "Okay, black mage who only casts ice spells, oh, how wow. much can they do?" And one of the big, like, they tried several different variations on it. Like, okay, maybe they keep up their dots. Okay, maybe they at least try to do some kind of cycle. Okay, they're just spamming Blizzard One, yeah. and one of the big takeaways they had from it was that as long as you keep doing something, you can still put up reasonable, like passable, not bottom of the barrel DPS. Like a lot of the really terrible DPS is seems to be from people who aren't sure what to do next and just hesitate. Yeah, don't hesitate. Just press buttons. <laughs> Always be button mashing. Also, how I handle Ooh, da Mr. Danger Noodle. That sounds like a great uh, restaurant. Danger Noodle is my favorite animal nickname. Anyways, all right. Yeah, Chili. Why are you? I'm in this a because my wife is here and I wanted to spend time with her. You left in the middle of the show. Ah, it's fine. <sighs> Rude. Right. Anyway, <laughs> that's basically uh, going to cover what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, Want to go over a couple of tweets? Well, one that we received just before this show uh, from our friends, uh, Siraj Walshong, uh, waiting impatiently with my favorite podcast host at Phoenix Down Klaus and MGR Chili for tonight's episode of Phoenix Down Radio. Hashtag Ellison, hashtag podcast, hashtag FFXIV, hashtag Final Fantasy XIV. And Wait, why I, is it hashtag Ellison? We don't have any Ellison. I don't know either. Are they an Ellison? Are I you guess Ellison? That would make sense. I, 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 I can't spin the camera right now to see it, but I thought you were uh, um, Ora. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, you know, I, I do have really long ears. Maybe I'm just a short Ellison. <laughs> okay, Silverwolf is Ellison. For some reason, I thought... Oh. Uh... No, I am just a very short one. Okay. No, that makes sense. Like, hashtag games should be on point, and if I do not understand what I kind of want to know what's going on. Why did I think you were uh, an aura? I'm, I just have no memory, apparently. I'm terrible. You're an aura now, Seth. Yes, it, it... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's what he said. No, I was talking about Saradra. Uh. I don't know why I thought that. I'm, 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 my Am brain... I being race changed without my consent? I feel like that's problematic. 
Also, what is Kane gonna do if you, you tell him that I'm gonna start on that house and say one thing again? <laughs> yes, we're gonna we're gonna make that a thing. Oh no no no! Why did I mention it? No. Be- because it has to be a thing. No. So thank you for that tweet, Sarajra slash Silverwolf. We really appreciate it. <laughs> and we have Talos sitting in for Chili. <laughs> Yay! Thank you. Thanks, Dallas. Oh, man, you are totally a body double. That's amazing. The only difference is the hair is green. It's fine. I dyed my hair. Yeah, I was like... He's like like a stunt double. He doesn't have to look exactly the same, just close enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's made the wife against women and cost us a soul. (laughs) I mean, no, I'm in the house right now. Just... Totally incognito now. <laughs> With the sunglasses. Yeah. There we go. It's just the lighting. It's the lighting's changed, and that's why my hair is green. Yeah. <laughs> also, the voice is subtly different for some reason. Hashtag nailed it. <laughs> uh... And I have an American accent. Texas chili is there now. It's fine. Uh, Talos doesn't sound anything like he's from Texas. <laughs> you can go back I to would last say episode. Rude, but I'm not even sure if this counts. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, throw out those shout outs. So, Chili, so you can get back to the waifu. Why don't you go ahead and start? Uh, I would like to shout out to Talos, my new stunt double, the West Coast Lalafell. <laughs> Hashtag confirmed. Yeah, he 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 works. Uh, you know, exhibit. Um, I like to shout out to Mushroom Radio, Twitch Twitch Mushroom Radio. Shout out to She Hills. I take it Twitch Twitch to She Hills. Also shout out to Gavin to go go check them out. Twitch Twitch to go also follow up on Twitter. Also shout out to PSU Live at Twitch Twitch to PSU Live. Also, that's where I've been streaming recently. Recently, I've streamed some Hi, this weekend. Also stream uh, Twitch out to Mugu Radio. Twitch Twitch to Mugu Radio. Go check them out. Also, thank you to everyone that's in the chat right now. Sammy, Talis, Arori, Silver Wolf, Anser, and Flatus, and all the people. Everyone, words. Breathe, man. There we go. Right. Also I- shout out to my wife. Chili, you're an actual host on this show. You don't have to hurry through that. I know, but it's fun. But no one can even understand the shows you're sending them to. Yeah, just remember <laughs> that whenever Chili does his shout-outs, people, stop. The, Jesus, but how do you do this? For a bit. Break Chili. Start playback at half speed, and you might understand what he's saying. I feel like it's still going to all be garbled together at that point. Uh, and Twitch.tv says garbled together. <laughs> oh man oh all right anything uh, else where can where can they find you chili you can find me at mgr underscore chili you can email me at ben.chilihillopsu.com and and yeah that's all the ways sarah all right uh so shout outs to uh luke cave who uh i just received a really awesome job stone from you guys uh it will remind me that I can always unleash my endless, endless rage whenever I feel like I need to. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad. So, uh, thanks for that. Yeah, I'm th- th- yeah, thanks to them for sponsoring us in the uh, um, uh, the extra life. Um, we, we had them as one of the prize givers for uh, people who donated. Sarah was one of our winners. And I'm glad that those prizes are going out to everybody. So if you mm-hmm. had won a prize from either us or... Um, 
Maelstrom Radio, or um, I think she, did she Hills I Tank get it as well? They, there were a few that did, yes. Um, I hope you guys are getting your prizes, and I hope you enjoy them. Uh, it feels so satisfying just like in my hand. Yeah, you got the oh, warrior sorry. one. I've got the red guys, one. You want me to rap stuff? Send me the lyrics and I'll say it at the fastest speed possible. Uh, I feel like that's I, I, not how that should work. New, I also did the watch it. I also did the whole of the patch notes in on YouTube. I did the patch notes in twelve minutes. Oh, good lord! <laughs> I read the whole patch notes. All right, you were saying then, um, sorry, Sarah. Anyways, yes. Uh, also, shout out to the good place because it just had its season finale. It was totally worth staying up until three a.m. when it got uploaded to the website several weeks in a row. The first time that happened, it was just insomnia. All the times after that, it was bad choices created by that incentive. Uh, but really love that series. Love how much it's taught about uh, philosophy and just basically trying to be a good person. One of my favorite shows. Shout out to them for like trying to make things a little bit better. Everyone go watch it. And you can follow me on Twitter at FFXIV. S E Y R R F F fourteen Sayer C Chili. That's how we enunciate. Uh, <laughs> where I mostly post, I mostly post random, uh, nice looking pictures of things that I made. Even if it's something simple like spaghetti. Oh my god, that spaghetti was so good! I finally figured out how to put enough salt in it. Uh, or occasionally random neat stuff that I found at the library. Sweet. And uh, yeah. Uh, Tweet questions at me about lore. You uh, also, if you uh, hop into our Discord for lore questions, uh, I keep uh, I monitor it fairly regularly. I know other lore mongers from the community keep an eye on it, and we are always happy to start some random discussion about it. Yeah, there's a lot of shit that goes down in there, so check it out if you're interested. If you have any questions, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just Sarah. There's also Anonymous, um, Ethis will pop in there a lot, so seen him as much lately i think he's been busy with some stuff yeah but i guess i know i know moose is is uh he frequents a lot of them as well so thank you to oh, you yeah. to to all the lore mongers for uh for stopping in and helping answer questions for all our listeners and i as always want to shout out uh you guys to chili and sarah thank you so much for being amazing co-hosts um and uh, helping me to get the show notes going for this week and um, you know, making this so much fun to do for you guys. Thank you to all of our listeners uh, listening either live here at twitch.tv slash Radio or out on the podcast or your favorite uh, um, podcatcher, whatever that might be. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying all of uh, you know everything that we're doing with this, and I hope that the quality is still continuing to improve. Um, I know, like I said, the last couple of weeks, I've still been trying to really dial in this new microphone and i think i finally have it so i'm hoping that when i listen to this one that it sounds like i'm not talking in a uh, fishbowl so julie says it sounds good on his end so i'm hoping you guys say the same and uh if you want to follow me out on twitter i am at phxdn underscore k-l-a-u-s-s phoenix down radio klaus um like i said if you're going to the uh, uh distant worlds in march uh, in Minneapolis, do stop by the Rock Bottom Brewery and join us there. We'll have some drinks and have a good time. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all you guys there. So, 
um, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, uh, make sure to uh, like us, uh, follow us here at uh, twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio. Or, uh, yeah, uh, where was I at now? Uh, like, subscribe, or follow us on like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is, and uh, leave us a rating or review if possible. It makes it so people can find us easier, and let us know what you think of the show. I mean, we want to know what you think, so let us know. Uh, if you really dig the show, please consider subscribing here at Twitch. Um, you can use your uh, Amazon Prime. You get a free Twitch Prime subscription that you can use for your favorite streamer, and if that happens to be us, that would be awesome. Go ahead and use that. Um, or you can give us real life money and, uh, get access to some amazing emotes and subscriber only, uh, badges, uh, in the chat, or you can support us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Phoenix radio. All the proceeds for that go to helping to, uh, grow the show, um, help cover hosting costs and help us do some fun stuff like giveaways, but whatever type of support you give us, we really appreciate it. So just the, the, the one thing that we would ask you to do is if you can't do anything else, just tell a friend about us. Tell your friend that, you know, you listen to this podcast where this weird British guy, this guy, you know, who talks too much about food and, and this odd Minnesotan talk about Final Fantasy. And uh, it's like a train wreck. You can't look away, you know, that kind of thing. We're not that bad, I know, but still. And if you want to catch all of the uh, back episodes, you can go to our website, phoenixonradio.com. Email us your questions, podcast at phoenixonradio.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash phoenixonradio. So for my co-hosts, Chili, and for uh, Sarah, I'm Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Uh, we're about to write Phoenix review. Phoenixdown Radio is a production of phoenixdownradio.com and Media Productions. Final Fantasy XIV <laughs> and are trademarks of Square Enix. The main content for Phoenixdown Radio is the copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenixdown Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Choke War theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash guiltygearrocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarLinker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash guitarlinker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.